0: Because ultimately, you are the only one who can create change, and it has to come from within you. So, even if someone's telling you something that may or may not be truthful about you, it has to be heard from within you.
1: Welcome to How Do You Feel, a podcast with info and inspo to help you tune in to your fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I'm your host, Casey Zavalletta, and together we'll explore how we can optimize our physical and mental health so that we radiate positivity and happiness from the inside out. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast this week. I have to start off by saying a huge thank you. Thank you to everybody who's reached out. Thank you to everybody who's shown support after I shared my podcast two weeks ago about my eating disorder story. I had a lot of fear surrounding telling that story and releasing that podcast, but the amount of love that I've felt from so many people in my life since doing so has been inspiring overwhelming and I'm just so grateful for it. So if you were someone that reached out and sent me a message or sent a message about how you could relate to my story, thank you so much. I think I'm realizing just how powerful sharing that story really was. And to me, the biggest revelation has actually come in the conversations that it's opened with people closest to me in my life. I think that although We really care for and want to be there for our closest friends and family. Sometimes bringing up these heavy topics and actually discussing them can feel uncomfortable or maybe you just don't have any reason to really bring them up and to dive into some of these deeper conversations. But I think releasing that podcast allowed that to happen. My heart just feels so full after some of the conversations that I've had. So I can't thank you all enough for that. I also just feel so sure that we need to be talking about these things more. Every single person has something challenging that they've gone through in their life that has shaped them in some way. For some people, it's an eating disorder. For some people, it was a traumatic experience. For some people, it's a mental health issue. It can look different for everyone, but we're all going through something. We need to start talking about it. In this podcast, Rhea and I discuss this concept, but the moment that we share it and it's out in the open and then we connect with someone about what we're going through, it all becomes so much less scary. If you haven't gotten a chance to listen to the episode about my story, definitely go back and listen to that. I think it tells a lot more about who I am. And it gives everyone a perspective of where I'm coming from when I talk about some of these issues and why I feel so passionate about them. That one was episode number 21. I also want to share that at All Day Fit, we are in the middle of our self-love September challenge. This is a challenge that we started last year and brought back this year because it has been so incredibly powerful. This year, the challenge comes in the form of journaling and asking you to reflect. So we're giving 14 days of five-minute journal prompts. So prompts relating to self-love, things that you love about yourself, strengths, the things that you're proud of, ways that you can show yourself more care. So we're asking everyone to sit down and journal on those things, and then we're sharing our findings and our thoughts on social media. I remember back to last September so clearly when we ran this challenge the first time because I remember how hard it was for me. I couldn't comfortably stand in front of someone and say that I loved myself. So the act of naming aspects of myself that I did love and I was proud of was really challenging. And I still had a lot of insecurities, not that I don't have insecurities today, of course I do, but. They dominated my life and my thoughts so much more, even just one year ago. We had a self-love workshop in correspondence with the challenge, and I remember feeling like I couldn't step up to facilitate it because I felt like an imposter saying that I loved myself. I just didn't feel truthful when I made that statement, so I didn't feel comfortable facilitating a workshop centered on self-love. Fast forward to this year, and we're going to be running another workshop. and. I am so excited to have the chance to help facilitate it this year. It just shows how much I've grown and how much I've learned about loving myself in one year. So if that is something that is really hard for you, I just challenge you to start the conversation with yourself. Know that you can come to a better place. This year we're going to be running that workshop and we're going to try to create a safe space to talk about some of the things that, first of all, that we do love, but also some of the things that are really hard to love about ourselves and some of the things that we've been through that maybe we're holding on to and that, and that are holding us back from realizing a genuine, true love for ourselves. One pattern that I've noticed as I start to talk to people more about their stories and what they've been through is that healing starts from within you. I felt it as I healed from my eating disorder, I talked to my dad about his story recently, and we recorded a podcast together, which I haven't released yet, but will be coming out in a few weeks, and he was saying the same things. Today's episode with Rhea Ray, she was talking about this and how she healed from going deep within herself and starting from a place of, who am I, and how is this going to strengthen and empower me? ria has one of the most tragic stories that i've ever heard in my whole life she lost her entire immediate family in a tragic tragic accident and i'm so thankful that she was willing to come on the show to share that with all of us she's now a healer and helps people work through their own traumatic events and their own darknesses and she's also a painter and a mom She's an absolutely beautiful human being with the kindest, warmest soul. I was so happy to have the chance to speak with her. She's an incredibly spiritual person, which I think is an important piece of understanding yourself, is understanding your spirit. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode with Rhea Ray. Well, welcome to the podcast. It's so lovely to have you on and get a chance to speak with you. I'm wondering, first of all, who you are and what it is that you do. So
0: my name is Rhea Ray, and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I am a spiritual healer, teacher, and painter, designer, writer, poet, human, first and foremost. And I feel like I help people breathe their own soul back into them so that they can help themselves heal and create and live and, you know, be happy or whatever it is that they want to do.
1: That's beautiful. Have you always been a spiritual person? Um, And if not, when did you start to sort of get in touch with your spiritual Mm -hmm. self?
0: Well, I think that I've always tried to be a kind person. Spiritual, I'm not sure. I think there's always been some form of God or something that I've been searching for and seeking for. I think that prior to the passing of my family, I was definitely looking for something greater and deeper already when they passed was certainly the biggest catalyst for me to dive in to deal with surviving my pain mm-hmm. you know so I think the pain inside of me is what really forced me to find something greater than myself to fill that void if that makes sense
1: it does definitely it's as if It was always in you in a way, but it took that event to force you to discover what that deeper, I guess, part of you was. Yeah. I mean, I think
0: that I would have probably still gone deeper, but it would have taken me a lot longer and I would have still chosen to function through life. I think in a lot more fear, I would have jumped off of the ledge, if you will, a lot well, I think I wouldn't have jumped off is the, is the point. I think that after that happened, I had no other uh, choice but to dive into myself and dive into all of the experiences that I could because I was either going to live or die. And somehow with it all, I chose to live. It was definitely that that allowed me to force myself awake in all mm-hmm. aspects of myself, which I feel like I do every single day because it just doesn't stop. There is no true arrival point.
1: The story of what happened with your family is one of the most tragic stories that I think I've heard. Would you be willing to share with us what happened?
0: Well, I'm going to probably be a little extra emotional today because I just dropped my son off at college, and and even though I have a nine-year-old too, I'm like, it was way harder than I thought it was going to be, and it, yeah, really triggered a lot of stuff, and normally, I can talk about it without, you know, at this point, without too many tears. Um, it still runs deep. I certainly came from a dysfunctional family. I don't know too many people who don't, but I've learned to appreciate it, and... I just, honestly, I just remember driving through the Holland Tunnel. I was living in New York City at the time, and I had just found out that they had passed away. It wasn't clear what was happening yet. There was just um, a call from my aunt saying that they found five dead people in my house. And they were putting them in body bags, basically. And it was all over the news already. And I just remember being in the hollow Tunnel with my ex-boyfriend and literally tissues everywhere and people trying to sell me all sorts of things outside of the car. And it was just this crazy thing. And, you know, all of them passed away in their house from carbon monoxide poisoning. There's so much I could, again, say about that. Um, there's so much detail around it. but. I somehow knew that I would be able to give back at the same level of what was taken. So I had this immediate response to want to give back. My uncle had left the car on in the garage and the garage was attached to the house. And it was Memorial Day weekend and so the air conditioning was on it was the only way for that air to go in. And so my sister was 18, my brother was 20. My parents were young. They were, you know, I don't know, 49, 50, my age right now. You just don't even think anything like that could happen, you know? It really taught me everything. I mean, not a lot scares me anymore. Or if it does, I, I know how to kind of get through it at this point. After that happened, I went on my path to just get help and healing. Even just in reading books, there were no books on multiple loss. There was just nothing out there. And I really just felt this compassion, this really deep compassion to help others because it's the worst thing to feel that alone. And uh, in our culture, we just continue to feel more and more alone, even though now we have social media, we have podcasts, we have all these things to help us stay connected. I don't know if it's all helping us stay connected or not, but I think that it's certainly bringing out even more how alone we are and how much we need connection and how much we're we're dying for it in so many ways, you know? And so the lucky thing for me is that I feel like I knew that I had a purpose when it happened. I didn't ask why me, why it happened to me, which was a strange thing, you know? I just kind of knew that it was happening for a reason and I had to find it and I had to uncover it. And I knew that the only thing that could be worthy of all of this is to help others and then i just decided to heal and get as strong as i could and that was a really painful journey you know it was really hard
1: yeah i can only imagine it's so amazing that your first immediate visceral response was i can give back and such a positive one in a way in the face of such tragedy that's really amazing What do you think it is about yourself that allowed you to reach that decision and get to that point where you knew you were going to heal? Because you had two options, right? You were going to heal or you weren't and you weren't going to survive. What was it within you that you think made you choose to heal? Gosh,
0: I don't know. I've actually asked myself that question. I don't know how I did it. I think that you know I was born with a certain amount of resiliency because I obviously had a lot of intense things happen prior to that. I really don't know how to answer that question in a real way that I actually feel like I have the answer, but I do know that I don't give up easily and there is this deep curiosity in me and there is this intensity in me that that really needs to solve things even though there was so much dysfunction in my family, I feel like I've watched my parents. Um, Now I might cry. I feel like they left me in Trinidad when I was little and I stayed with my grandparents to come to America and make a life for all of us. And I know that that was really hard for them. And now that I have kids, I can't even imagine being able to do that. I just couldn't do it. So they just made constant sacrifices for me and my brother and sister. And I feel like watching them stay strong in the face of so much adversity that they were constantly in front of. And my grandparents who, my God, created something out of absolutely nothing. You know, my grandmother lost one of her children in childbirth because they didn't have enough money for medicine, you know, like it's a lineage of people who i feel like have been really strong not always right and not free of ego but worked really hard and i watched that and i think i learned to be that and i think that we're all internally born with things that we are naturally good at and things that we naturally need to strengthen and had none of this happened to me i would have not i would have had no idea what i was capable of none I would have just thought that I would, you know, I mean, I just remember in my 20s, you know, it was so much of it was about missing my boyfriend at the time, (laughs) (laughs) you know, which I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying I've come far, (laughs) you know. I learned to face experiences head on and really knew that they were there to teach me something and I better figure it out as fast as possible to continue to transform the pain.
1: Definitely. It's a
0: really good question. I'm gonna have to really think about that. (laughs) Similar,
1: fair. How did what happened and that massive part of your story inform the work that you do today? The
0: work that I do with people is about helping them uncover, discover their soul, and teaching them how to thread their soul into their everyday life and how to maintain it, how to maintain authenticity. And I think that when your entire family goes away and you're stripped down to nothing and you have to create something, you learn how to I feel like I learned how important being myself was and is. And again, through finding comfort or my desperation for comfort, the only place I could find that was in being myself without conflict, like feeling comfortable in my body, in my thoughts, in what I am, in what I say, in, in who I am, in how I connect with people, in how I move through the world. Allowing my own reality to be relevant to myself. Mm. Every moment is uncertain and unknown. So standing in a room with five dead bodies is something that there are no words for. But the fact that I could do that and be present with others for many hours really allowed me To sit inside of that void, to sit inside of that abyss, to not be afraid of it and to sit with people in the deepest parts of their pain and let them know that it's okay Mm. to not run, to sit in it, to be with it, that the only way to find any form of peace and comfort is to move through it. And I feel like I love being there with them as they move through it because it's almost impossible. And sometimes because I'm so in that space, I forget how hard it is, how terrifying it can be to actually let go. But I can't imagine not letting go because it's just too painful to not let go. It is such freedom to be in a state of letting go. I think that I learned that everything that was happening to me was actually good for me, no matter what it was. And when I learned that, I don't know, I just felt so excited. So I feel like everything about how I recovered and healed myself from that tragedy informs my work today. So I feel, God, so grateful that I get to hold some hands here and there and be a part of their world as they walk through this threshold into themselves i miss my family a lot but i know that they're really proud of me and i feel like it was worth it and they would feel like it was worth it what we all had to go through together to be here for everyone you know it feels good that's amazing thank thank you for that
1: thank you I think that I personally was very, very good at avoiding emotions and running from my fears and compartmentalizing things and forgetting things that happened in my past. And that was very much just the space that I lived in for a long time. And I think I masked it through thinking, well, I'm just looking forward, right? I'm I'm living in the present and I'm looking forward. I don't need to be pulled down by my past. But There was something very freeing when I realized the power of being with those fears and being in those difficult emotions and things that had happened in my past and processing through them and then how much freer I felt to actually move forward and how much more myself I felt. Is that something that you find that you teach people to do? I think a lot of people are very good at avoiding things um, and that's kind of our default. Is that something that you work with people on?
0: Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think that we have a tendency to intellectualize happiness and love, and it becomes so natural and normal that we don't even recognize when we live in a state of denial. It's amazing how deep down we can stuff things and keep things. Mm-hmm. And in so with so many of the people that I've worked with or groups or so forth, it's like you can feel it wanting to come up and out and how scary it is for people to let it all the way out. We're just taught to live with this level of perfection. And it's just so sad because all I see is so much beauty in everyone, Mm -hmm. even with the toxicity that we all have. I mean, we all have, you know, our shit to go through. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take away from how amazing we are. And I feel like I always hope that I can create an environment for people where they can be really vulnerable and really transparent and share all of their ugliness and all of their everything. Because the thing is, is like to me, when I see some of my pain or some of my ugliness, I just feel like, oh my God, this is so exciting because I get to take that and turn it into something incredible. Mm. And for me, that's what I do with everything that may look. I don't know, a little tarnished, if you will, you know, whatever it is that I got, because my gift definitely was brighter and shown to me after my family passed away, whatever it is, it's like I'm able to see who someone is in a way that, I don't know, that just blows me away. Like, it just blows me away to see who we are as a humanity and who we can actually be and i've also had to learn like incremental steps like it's not about finding it as a destination as you know many people say mm-hmm. but it's really easy to forget the process of making it i'm a painter and the process of creating the art is where it's at it's not the finished painting that i'm like okay well that's over what's next you know so we're like looking for the wrong thing sometimes yeah and i'm looking at you and i'm like I think it's so great how much you've dug into yourself, and especially at your age and what you're bringing to the world. And I can feel your connection to yourself. I'm really inspired by it. It's really great.
1: Thank you for saying that. Um, Yeah, I see it. That's good. That's good. I'm very proud of that. (laughs) A lot of work, so I appreciate that. How do you see and sense the kind of love that people need? And then how are you able to give that to them as you're working with them?
0: Well, it's something that definitely just comes to me. I think that we all need love a little bit differently. And I think that we hide out in different parts of ourselves. And so for me, as you know, we're all individuals and we need things again, just a little bit differently. And so I'm somehow able to tap into that place in a matter of moments and see love exactly the way they need it. But I think it's because of my ability to tap into their souls. So their soul is actually able to tell me what they need in a way that they may not be able to hear yet. And obviously we always want to make sure we're on the same page with all of that. But I think that that's what I love the most about my my work is being able to move through the layers that becomes a distraction between you and your soul. It's natural for us to be able to go where our ego wants us to go and where we're patterned to go and seek love from where we're told to go to. And I think it's a little bit more of a challenge to actually go in deep enough to actually follow the trail of what we truly need to feel that deep satisfaction of what we are, if that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. I think the more we can remove through, again, healing
1: mm-hmm.
0: and having the bravery to go into the hidden, to go into the unseen within us. And, you know, if we have envious, je- je- jealousy driven thoughts possessive thoughts controlling i mean it doesn't who cares you know it's the fact that we try to hide them and not see them that becomes negative if we can own it and even if there's a person you're jealous of to be able to be like oh my god i'm so jealous of you look at you you're doing so great like what did you do like i wish that we could learn to actually talk to each other and learn from each other and just be honest because everything becomes simpler and then we can help each other heal so much because so much of what we end up doing is projecting on each other mm-hmm. and taking away from each
1: other instead. I think that the more we bury things and the more that we put them in boxes, the darker they become. Or, or maybe more what I mean is that when we lean into those darker things or darker parts of ourselves, they're often not actually as bad as we thought. A hundred
0: percent, because you basically demystify it, and then once it comes out, you're like, oh, it's not that bad. Mm -hmm. So to me, you know, there's very little I haven't seen yet, but when I do see it, because I'm seeing it with someone and they're seeing it for the first time, it feels like you're seeing something so brand new and something so dark. And it comes out and it's really not a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal at all. And and I just feel like, especially as women, we hold so much in our throat. We just have all these preconceived notions of how we're supposed to be in order to be loved instead of understanding that we can be loved right now. The kind of love that that I want is honesty from those around me. You know, if I'm hiding out, If I'm not being good to myself, call me on it, you know? It would create a community full of just so much more love. I think that women, we can be such an instrument for each other. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It would just be so nice if we could just sit and be present with each other and not try to fix each other and listen.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that this loops back around to that point that you made briefly earlier about social media and how we're more connected than ever, I guess. But there are also studies that show this, but that we we feel more alone than ever. And those connections, there's something missing. There's something that's not deep and not authentic and not real about them. And so I feel that creating these spaces for true, open, honesty Um, leaning into the things that we're scared of and doing that with other people. That's the kind of community that we need. And that's the kind of thing that that's what heals. That's what heals you from this because it's a really powerful moment when you uncover one of those really scary parts of yourself. And then you realize that the person next to you is dealing with that as well, or they have something similar. There's a connection there and there's a power in that that is so healing.
0: Yes, I 100% agree with you and I don't know what's going to come next from social media but I do hope that I I don't know that we can learn more and more each day to just be so open and raw and real with each other because I mean and I watch it in groups it's like the moment that first person takes the risk mm. then everybody else takes the chance mm. and then it creates this oh my god the biggest love fest ever but it's always that first person. And I just wish that we could understand that that pure openness is just everything, Mm -hmm. you know, and it doesn't mean that it has to be like something bad or painful. It could be something amazing and beautiful that you're really proud of that you created, but we just would rather seemingly just put on the mask and keep it on. And I, I'm happy to just be someone who I hope is inspiring people to take it off because we all get to be loved exactly the way we are right now. Not after we heal and not after we're perfect because it just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: I think that the scariest part about social media to me is that we're oper- operating under this false assumption that the things that we're posting or the way that we're portraying ourselves is real and authentic. when. Often it's not. Like there's such a disconnect in what people are thinking they're using social media for and the way that they think it's an outlet for them and the reality of what it is and seeking validation and, you know, all these other things that go into it. But it's definitely something to think about.
0: One of the biggest things I've learned is to seek inside versus outside. And I do think that social media has really created an extremely negative impact that way. But I also think that it can go the opposite way where you can really use it to see what it triggers inside of you. And I just feel like it's so important to keep looking inside, let go of external validation at all times to understand that you can again create your own space in this world, that you can take up space, allow it to be your space, let it be anything and everything that it needs to be. Because the more, I think that people forget that when they're who they are, they forget how much that gives permission to anyone else, to everyone else to be who they are. And you mentioned that before, but I really feel like they forget You know, you get so caught up and turned into this ball of fear that you forget that if you open and you bloom and you blossom into who you are, like people are going to actually be ready for you. Mm. It's an amazing thing. Like I love watching people blossom. It's so incredible. And so I just, I guess I just want to let everybody know, please, like when you hold in and hold back and repress it makes everyone around you so uber uncomfortable and even disassociating from themselves, even more disconnected, because they're actually taking on your energy as well. Because we're all exchanging energy all the time. If you're thinking that you're doing someone a favor by not saying the truth or holding back or whatever, you're actually hurting them. And you're actually stunting your growth, their growth and And ultimately all of us, because as I've, you know, over the years tried to figure out like, you know, just basically gotten angry about so many injustices in the world, I've learned that all I can do is love on myself, heal myself and help others heal. And that is my contribution. I, I, like to me, that was the core of what I could do to create a more positive environment in the world.
1: Mm -hmm. I agree. It is the most amazing thing to watch somebody blossom. And there's, there's like an, an elation, like this really charged energy when you realize that someone has made a self-discovery or is coming into themselves more. I have that experience every once in a while with clients. It's, there's something really special about it.
0: Well, I can see your light through your eyes and it's really awesome. I'm sure your clients are super, super lucky to have you in their
1: life. Thank you. I would love to change gears a little bit and talk about your kids. You had a big day today with your son. It sounds like <laughs> we don't hit too many uh, <laughs> challenging moments for you, but I would just love to know what your kids have taught you about yourself and how being a parent has changed you.
0: Well, my kids are for me, the ultimate teachers. Oh my God. That's such a loaded question because I feel like they've taught me everything. My son came at a time where he ended up being born on my brother's birthday that passed away, which is just crazy. It's one of those things where I really struggled during my, you know, I just met my husband and got married and pregnant like almost three weeks later, you know. Oh my gosh, yeah. (laughs) And you know, we were madly infatuated with each other and went with it and rolled with it, and it was divine intervention for sure. But I was going through a lot, and my son Jacob is definitely the reason I stayed alive. He forced me alive. I mean, I feel like those were some moments where I wanted to die often, and even though I'm a person who never only wanted to die. I wanted to live like mad amounts also. But he forced me to go into the deepest, darkest part of my pain and come out with more love and more light. He always does that for me. I don't know what it is about the intensity of his spirit, but you know, he's playing college basketball now. And the whole basketball sports world in Southern California almost did me completely in. And I've never seen so much... I I really, again, I don't have the words for it. I'm just very disappointed in everything that I've seen. I still haven't made peace with it yet. I'm working on it still. But he dragged me through the mud in that area. And I learned, oh my God, so much about forgiveness, so much about compassion, so much about self-control, so much about humanity so much about just everything. And it isn't the way I would have wanted to learn it. Trust me. I did not want to learn it that way at all. Why is that? Because it was hard? Well, because because it was so hard. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of hate in my heart because of what I saw adults doing to children.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I still have some hate in my heart, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. And what I watched him go through. But really, what I watched the adults who are responsible for guiding children do. But he, I mean, he had some tough times with it, but he got through it effortlessly, Mm -hmm. like he understood. There was no drama in his heart about it, but I had immense drama in my heart about it. He basically took me through so much adversity, and I definitely came up stronger. Yeah, so I think that my son, Jacob, has taught me how to not be afraid of the dark,
1: Mm. Would you, yeah. by chance, be willing to share an example of what you're talking about? So for instance, let's say there was an
0: injustice in his life. He would help me let it go, basically. Mm. He would help me understand through an immense amount of wisdom that he had why I needed to let it go. It's I don't know if I can remember exact words per se, mm-hmm. but his presence forces me to take the high road wow. and how I need to not... In- I know how to not internalize it. He is able... I watch him navigate through the world without drama. He has no issues with anyone ever. I've had plenty of issues with people. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> he sees an injustice as an opportunity to just to let it be what it is. My My actual belief is to let things turn into what they need to be. But the the mama bear in me, you know, guiding him and looking out for him, it really brought out that part of me that needed to control every single moment of the environment to make it right for him and other kids and forgetting that there is no right or wrong. It's all exactly the way it's supposed to be. And he's learning exactly what he needs to learn. He helps me understand how to care for my energy and not give too much of myself away and I think that our children are our mirrors so a lot of times they will act out in ways that that are really about us projecting onto them and we need to kind of scoop up that behavior and realize ah I need to take a look at this and and also I'm a parent who I'm not perfect and I apologize and I have conversations and I don't think just because I'm the adult I'm right Because there's an awful lot I'm not right about and there's an awful lot that I'm learning and there's an awful lot of me that still has sharp edges that I'm still softening every day because I believe that's how I like myself best. And my daughter is like totally, like it's been so amazing watching how much they love each other because they... You wouldn't think that nine years apart, they'd have sibling rivalry, but they do. But the last week they've been glued to each other and it's been the sweetest thing. And she is just so mighty and feisty and I am helping her navigate through friendships with girls, you know? Like girls are a whole other ball game on every level. And like, she's the one who I feel like really taught me how to live my dream, how to enjoy it without guilt how to be happy without guilt, how to own it, how to be my full, quirky, eccentric, fun self, because she is sassy as hell, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and they both have their own gift, like I believe we all have. She's kind of the person who will feel my family who's passed and, and channel them back to me and, mm. and tell me, like sometimes she'll get up in the middle of the night and let me know how much they love me in these crazy ways. And I'm like, who are you right now? Being a parent, like I've worked really hard to make sure that that I don't trample my kids' spirits. You know, it's a fine line between knowing how to make sure that you give them guidance and freedom and what's control and what's not control. But again, like we troubleshoot it and we all have really honest conversations with each other. Not necessarily like we're in group therapy or anything. It's it's not like that but it's like we talk through stuff and we're honest with each other and and sometimes it doesn't come out in the most graceful ways but we all after a few moments give ourselves a, you know time to think through it and we come back we say sorry we work it through and we try to be better every day I love them so much. They're amazing kids that I really feel like I had nothing to do with. They've come here and saved my ass. It's the best
1: way <laughs> I can say it.
0: Maybe you're not giving <laughs> yourself
1: enough credit, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. That's yeah. that very unique. Um, the way that you all are able to communicate with each other and give love to each other. I think that many families are pretty void of that, um, which is really sad. Uh, I had the chance to look at some of your art, and it's absolutely stunning. I'm a big fan. Um, I would love to know a little bit about your creative process.
0: Thank you, first of all. I love painting. I started painting. um, My husband made me angry one day, like 12 years ago. (laughs) And I ran to the art store, and I just painted it out.
1: So no way. You. And you had it thank before that? Jeremy
0: Ray. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm all self-taught. And um, just like with anything that I do, I feel like I trust the moment. I tend to dive into things and don't realize like maybe that was stupid after the fact. But luckily, most often they've worked out. My art is again like my children. They are my space, especially my art in this way. Like it is my space to figure out what I'm feeling, to go deep within. Because when you are in a place where you're serving others and you love serving others, it's very easy to forget yourself. And so it is my way to make sure I come home, if you will. It's never premeditated it's literally like sometimes it'll be a blank canvas on a wall for a little bit as it's starting to speak to me and as it starts speaking to me then a color will start speaking to me and then the color goes on not in any particular way and it just gets layer there's probably about 10 paintings in one of my paintings <laughs> so i work through all of my garbage on it and that's again what's so cool because through working through it i always end up in this beauty sometimes you know i try to i'm like wait i'm edgy too i'm raw like why can't these be a little bit edgier because my aesthetic is not always what i create but it always lands in this this place that i feel like that is very angelic and and beautiful again soft edges i can't make i can't use too many lines there's just something about it I feel like everything is connected and everything is one, no matter what, and there are no lines and things. Mm-hmm. So they're almost like these spiritual abstract landscapes of the ethers, if you will. And I just love doing them. And I love watching what begins to evolve in the moment. There are times when it just looks like, oh my God, this looks like it's really bad. Okay. Just really unattractive. I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like this. and Then two days later, I'll just make one stroke, and all of a sudden, you're like, Oh my God, how did that beauty come through? Like, I have no idea how that happened. And just to me, living life as art is everything because I feel like the kinder we are to ourselves and others allows for us as pieces of art to move through the world in this like graceful, majestic, incredible way that I just love. And I feel like every time I paint, it brings that back home to me. It brings that possibility. Because I really do, I feel like every moment we are creating, and it's so easy to be present with the moment and create something that is coming from our conscious self. The moment we forget is the moment that our unconscious self has an opportunity to create, which again, for better or worse, but I try to stay true to myself as best as I possibly can to make sure that my unconscious parts are communicating with me so that I am creating from my soul. It's a trip, really. It's I don't want my unconscious self to be creating havoc. I want to stay connected to that, and I feel like creativity is a really beautiful way to connect to that part of yourself, it allows you to heal and create something beautiful. So I feel like everyone is creative and needs to be creating something because that's a place where we feel inspired. And again, we can really tap into those spaces that maybe we don't wanna share with anybody else, but maybe when we're alone and in solitude, we can kind of take a peek. I feel like all of that stuff is what my art is about, which is everything, Spirit, everything mystical, everything that is esoterically beautiful is what my art
1: is about. I love it. I feel like I could ask you a hundred more questions, but I'm just going to kind of round (laughs) it out with a couple final ones. What would be your advice to somebody who doesn't feel like they're in touch with their spiritual self or their true self? What would you advise that someone does to try to discover that within themselves?
0: I would say breathe. I think our breath is underrated and it is everything. It took me a long time to understand the benefit of it, to understand that my breath every moment allows me to connect with myself. If someone's feeling fear, if they're feeling disconnected, if they're feeling uncomfortable basically, and they actually breathe in consistently Conscious breathing, you know, where for me, I breathe in through my nose and out through my mouth, and it just helps me let go of the moment and inhale the next moment. The breath is everything, it is how you let go, it is how you surrender. But breathing long enough is important. But if you just close your eyes and feel into your body and take a nice deep inhalation and exhalation, and you do that, even if you start with five minutes every day to just listen. You may not hear anything, you may hear noise, but eventually you will start hearing something because I feel like ultimately I always want to be someone that inspires others to listen to themselves because ultimately you are the only one who can create change and it has to come from within you. So even if someone's telling you something that may or may not be truthful about you, it has to be heard from within you. So the beginnings of being able to hear yourself has to come with your breath.
1: I love that. It's so simple, yet can be so profound and changing. My final question is one that I ask everyone at the end of my podcast episodes. I'm curious what makes you excited to get out of bed in the morning? I was going to say coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. <ya. laughs> A
0: really good coffee. <laughs> You know, honestly, my life, I mean, I have a great life. I have everything I've ever wanted in it. Well, actually, I didn't even know I wanted any of this in it. Mm -hmm. My life has become something that I would have never known would have existed. I never thought I'd be a healer. I never thought I would be a painter. I never thought I would write. I never, I mean, I thought I would have kids and be married or whatever, but I didn't think I didn't think I'd be in Florida I didn't think I'd be out on a boat. I didn't think I'd be around nature the way I am right now, which I love. I love like where I live. I love the clear blue warm water. Yeah, waking up to the life that I created. And with the core of that being, I get to help people every day. There's nothing better than that for me. That's it.
1: If people are interested in connecting with you and coming to one of your group sessions or working with you in some way, how should they go about finding you?
0: you can email me ria at dot ray.com or you can direct message me on instagram at ria ray c s-e-e those are probably the fastest ways to get in touch with me i'm um, usually on my social media if there's something coming up i usually post it good old here there's another positive thing about social media (laughs) true yep true (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for this thank you really special meeting with
1: you yeah this was lovely thank you so much thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of how do you feel be on the lookout next monday for our next podcast episode If you are enjoying what you're hearing, please rate, subscribe, and review the podcast. I really do appreciate all of your ratings and reviews so, so much. Also, please share this with someone in your life that you think needs to hear the important things that we're talking about. Again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. I hope you have an amazing week. And as always, make sure you get out there and do something that makes you feel good today.